morning and welcome to webinar Wednesday. My name is Emma Woldermuth. I'm here at Builder Partnerships and Shin Consulting. I'm so excited to have you with us here for webinar Wednesday. It's been a weekly event. We've had so many different webinars coming up, so we're excited to have you. Today, we're talking about performance excellence powered by data and reporting, a conversation with SKU World and Davis Homes. Um, Today, we're going to start off by sharing, um, introducing you to Don Chesney. He is with Davis Homes. So I'm going to pass it over to Don so he can introduce himself and share a little bit about who Davis Homes is. Ah, thank you very much. And thanks for having me on today. Um, again, Don Chesney, I'm COO of Davis Homes. Uh, we're a central Indianapolis builder. We build uh, basically within a 50-mile radius of downtown Indianapolis. Um, we specialize in everything from the first-time buyer market um, up to what we call an on-your-lot product, where we um, building cornfields and vacant lots and kind of all over the, the city area. We also have a small division where we're going to do 20 to 24 custom homes a year as well. And that's everything from somebody comes in with a napkin to specializing in one of our plans. Um, uh, long history in Indianapolis, uh, Charlie Davis, um, I believe started in the 50s, uh, got the company up to about 1,400 units a year. Um, uh, since then, we've rescaled and restarted, honestly. And um, here, kind of rebuilding a team and rebuilding the company and uh, driving for, through uh, for performance excellence. Excellent. And tell us a little bit about you, your experience in the industry, Don. What, what is your experience as far as being a builder in, in the industry? Oh, so I'm kind of old school, worked for my dad when I was grass high, picking up I had two five-gallon buckets. One to pick up straight nails and one to pick up bent nails so we didn't throw away the good nails. Um, kind of the jack of all trades where we did everything from the foundation to the framing. But the only thing we didn't do was hang drywall because dad hated hanging drywall. Um, <laughs> went to Purdue University, uh, got my uh, degree from Purdue in building construction management. Uh, after I graduated there, came straight to the Indianapolis market coming out of school and I've been working here ever since. Um, multiple builders uh, through the industry and happy to be at Davis Homes today. Oh, excellent. Thank you for sharing. Um, next, I want to introduce Brian Smith. He's here with Skew World. So if you'll tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Skew World. Sure, absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say thanks to Emma and Builder Partnerships for having us. Really appreciate that. And, and thanks for thanks to Don for, for sharing and being a, a great partner with us. So I just want to say that uh, quick background myself, I'm a CPA and an IT person, and I've been, I've worked across many different industries, uh, building uh, high-end data analytics and data management for over 20 years from Fortune 200 companies to what I'd say mid-market, which is still pretty big companies, to, to you know, smaller companies as well, and, and kind of there with it. And I will say this, just, just to highlight, one of the most exciting things is that we're at with technology right now is that can actually work and help companies do Fortune 200 type of analytics and data analytics for honestly a fraction of the budget what it used to cost, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and almost that barrier to entry uh, for a lot of the mid market and smaller smaller companies to actually uh, produce those results. So I wanted to say that um, we can definitely go over this quick skew world. You want to go to the next slide? And I'll just yeah. Go through our. I'm, I'm going to make you know. I, I want to. Focus on brevity to, to keep this short because everybody's much more interested in hearing what Don has to say than me. Um, SKU World really focuses in, in world-class data management, and we're trying to bring Fortune 200 type solutions 
to mid-market and, and to smaller companies as it relates to the home building space. And with that said, we have three areas. Our SKU application is really managing SKU from images to SKU details and bringing basically collaboration and building a, a, a marketplace collaboration between manufacturers and home builders. That's really that, that collaboration piece that we have. We have over 700 manufacturers uh, in our application. We have over a million SKUs. And we're really uh, you know, excited about that product that, that we're, we're working on with the home builder side. The other area is our customer analytics. We won't talk too much about that today, but basically we have understanding what your, who your customer is and understanding your prospects to really drive drive sale, drive revenue, and, and increase customer satisfaction with your organization. Those are kind of the three areas that we focus in on. And then what we're here to talk about today, which is our data management platform, one of the key things, and, and Don will talk a lot about this, but there's key components to this. And this is really about building a real data warehouse and having a real, you know, that Fortune 200 level data warehouse where yes, we have our ERP data and that's one of the, no doubt, that is one of the key, you know, systems involved, but there's other applications and other data points that we, we enable from CRM to web analytics to some of the other areas. And we're working with, you know, with Davis on bringing in, even, even on the ERP side, there's other sets of data that they need to have and have stored outside of their ERP to, to really drive their reporting analytics. And we're using Power Apps, we're using SharePoint, we're using Office 365 to help drive that from Microsoft perspective. You know, we, we do a lot of, we've done, I've done a lot of work with Microsoft over my career, and then that's one of the, the key areas, but really building that data management platform, you know, to, to really drive analytics. And that said, that's uh, what we're doing at Ski World. Yeah. And it's really, um, the purpose behind that is to really get accurate reporting. Is that correct? I mean, that's part of the reason why we'll get into this a little bit more with Don, but that's part of the reason why there's that connection at this point, right? Absolutely. An accurate report is an interesting statement. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a CPA too, but I, I understand that. You know, there, there's accurate reporting, but there's also a layer of abstraction to, to manage and organize your data in order for you to be able to really report and report well on. I think that that's one of the key things. There's a lot of business rules, and, and Donald we went to like, you know, started not closed is, is different across builders in terms of how they manage their data. And data drives, data and process actually drive, you know, a, a lot of what what is truly accurate. And some of the, some of the problem is is that you know a report can say one thing, but I'm trying to do a trending report over time. I don't necessarily have that data unless I took snapshots all along the way of the data, which we do. So like, you can't do trending if you don't have. Uh, if you only have kind of what what as is data, right? So you have to take snapshots. You have to do a lot of different things to really build that accurate picture. I would mm -hmm. say of your data. Yep. Excellent. Well, thank you. Sure. And don't let him show himself short. They're smart. They're freaky smart, and then there's Brian smart. Yeah. Don't don't let him sell himself short on that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's had. I've had some conversations, and I was like, I think I know what he just said. <laughs> But with that, he, he he's also easy to talk to because he can relate to our business and help us through the modeling and, and kind of gets into it. So he's been a great partner um, and can really speak our language to get the results we're trying to get to. Excellent. And on that note, do you want to share a little bit of why you decided to connect with um, Brian and his team over at Ski World? What were some of those? So, so that connection is really through the Shim Group at an executive summit, um, some previous relationships and I was at the executive summit. We were starting to talk about some of our needs. And um, shortly after that, um, we, we had met and decided, okay, let's work together um, to, to build what we're trying to build, be a reporting and 
data accuracy and a lot of things Brian alluded to earlier. Um, and since then, it's been a rocket ship of improvement um, through those efforts. Excellent. What um what you did, what about the access to, to data? I know that you you were trying to connect data from different from different locations. Was this a how is this helping you um, bring your data together? So uh, the easiest way I could put it, we're a home builder, right? We we we're not IT. We don't. I know how to put wood together and build beautiful homes and have happy customers at the end. Um, and that's obviously a very important part of what we do every single day. How did we, what was the need for us to get better? Was the visibility into our data and how do we utilize that data? And, and one of our headlines when we went into this exercise was to give the gift of time back to our employees. And there have been little intangibles along the way. So um, we have three draft people on staff and in a sale, we just kind of assigned those as projects came up and a salesperson to find out who their draft person was and what the status of that, that effort was at that point in time, it was 20, 30 minutes of calling in, trying to figure out. And part of giving our team the gift of time back was giving them a reporting tool that they could access immediately real time data. So they knew exactly who their draft person was, what the status was, what the expected completion date was, um, and, and, and just that simple little piece of information, they're, they're getting in seconds instead of 20, 30 minutes of time, just trying to drag through the office to figure out who's doing what and when. That, and when you put it all together, that's just one step in our soft cycle process that flows through the permitting, going into the design center, where it's at, um, it, um, as far as financing goes, you start looking at all the little entities and all the effort just to find out where my job is at and what's next. It, it's all at our team's fingertips. So, prior, so prior to this, were they going into different, um, like maybe programs or files or whatever, and making several different phone calls to get this, this information? What was the process prior to, and mm -hmm. how did you get in there to help them? do what he's saying. So we were email addicts. We were addicted to email. <laughs> um, and to go into a one hour meeting and not come out without no less than 200 new emails would be a good day. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we just we just communicated via email and it would be broadcast emails. Where is this job at? Where is my who's drafting this home for me? And you would hit that me and the head of purchasing and the head of drafting and the superintendent and sale and people were just getting flooded with emails when all they had to do was look when all they have to do now is look at a report and, and there it is. So our email chatter has diminished dramatically through this process. Yeah, we all know that once you start on the email train, it's a whole cycle. You don't get out for hours. So oh yeah, and what's, the, what's the safest way? Copy everybody. <laughs> and then, and I, I told everybody, but then everybody gets it, but nobody takes ownership of who is going to resolve that issue. Exactly, because there's 17 people on the email. Somebody else is. Somebody else has oh, it. So, so, what did you do to help make help solve that problem? What were some of the things that Skew World did to con consolidate that information into one report? You know, the first thing you need to start out with is is when you think about data warehousing, data management, you have to take a step back. And it's just it's just like most things, right? If we're super well organized, we have our data organized, and I don't just mean access to the data. It's data modeling, data organization, 
easier for reporting, right? So like, I'll give you an example. A lot of systems, ERP systems, they're easy to, they're built to actually enter data in and store data at certain levels. That doesn't mean that they're, they're, they're meant to be easy from a reporting standpoint. Report, that's why data warehouses are built, one of the fundamental, fundamental reasons why. So from, from that perspective, what we did is we said, okay, well, we have to understand kind of across the board, what are the business questions that you need answered? Where, where, all, where the different data points live, whether they live in your ERP, whether they're from CRM, whether from, you know what, spreadsheet one through 50, right? And, and, and we're storing, which is totally fine. So what you have to do is organize that data, set up, it, organize it, land all that data in the data warehouse, normalize it, then build data models, specific, not, not like there's fact-dimensional modeling, all kinds of stuff that we can get into, but uh, building out data models to really organize that and then make it easily to consume. But that's really the goal, right? Is to take like data across the board and then make it easy to consume so that you can make, you can run your business with data-driven decisions. And, and that's what you really want to get to. And that's what we help them. Absolutely. So you basically worked with Don and his team to figure out where all of these things were and yep. they were spread out across all different exactly. areas. And so you just said, okay, we want this data and you, we're, I'm putting it in super layman's terms. You sucked it into one big location that you could filter and you guys helped make sure that it was all good data. And then, um, well, that's a great, though. No, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and, and doing that exercise, okay, step one is land data. So lay, land the data into the warehouse, whether it's one or 5,000 tables, whatever it is, like land the data and, and organize it. And then the next piece is data modeling and data analysis and quality of data, because the real reality is, and we, we even did this, right? On one of the, the uh, construction heat maps we did, you know what, there's some bad addresses in, in your data that, you know what, we went ahead and worked on to clean up. But in order to understand that or to be able to have visibility into that, you have to have a window to see it. Mm -hmm. You don't have a window to see that or an organized structure or path to actually analyze your data and go through it, pretty hard to do, right? Yeah. And so, so that was one of the key ways we did it. So lay in all the data, organize it, and then, Interestingly enough, right, you can build operational reports, which some of these are, and some of them are advanced, and some of them are, are very, you know, full on dashboards and different pieces. But you can build operational reports not only to to view that, uh, view the data quality, but then to manage the data quality. Right, and that's a, a key difference too. So now, yeah, I'm sorry, but one add in on that too, because yeah. uh, I'm the simple builder guy. Yep. Remember. Yes. So as we started this process, we were trying to develop some pretty simple reports we thought in our mind. And, and, and we transitioned from one ERP system to another and we migrated data over. And the simple little report, right? We are we we cannot get to it. If we didn't have a partner like Brian and his team, I learned a term called ghost records. Never heard it. Still honestly don't know what it means. I just know they're bad. We, <laughs> Without having a, a partner like Skewell and Brian and his team, it, they were able to look into our, our our data tables, basically, and say, you have all these ghost records, and these are the reasons why we can't get this simple report. And they helped steer us through something we didn't even know existed. Um, without their help, we'd still be on report one if we were trying to do it ourselves. The other thing it enforced to me and my team early on, Brett, it through the reporting tools that we're using today, it forces us on a daily basis to concentrate on our data integrity that goes into our ERP and, and our other uh, software packages. So, 
So it's usable and true and right and as simple as keeping, I know everybody's gonna laugh at me, um, keeping your construction schedules up to date and making sure your, your project manager, your superintendents are doing what they do every day, right? Um, the visibility we have through the reporting that we know immediately whether somebody is or isn't. We see the results if they're not or not. So it's forced us in this new discipline of making sure our data is right and they can look under the hood for us and say, you've got an issue and you got to clean up your data to make what we're trying to do work properly. Thanks. Great partner. Yep. And they basically pointed out what you don't know, because a lot of this stuff is stuff that you didn't know beforehand. And so you work with a partner to help you understand why you need to do things a certain way and how you, how it's going to benefit you in the end. And it sounds like you've learned to manage your data better, put in good data, better data. And the reason why is so you can get better reports, correct? Uh, totally. totally. <laughs> and it's and it's like speaking two different lines. I talked to Brian. It's like, yeah, we all of our exterior corners, we do California corners and lava bleeds on our lee wall so we can get full insulation behind them and it's more energy efficient. And Brian goes, what? And he starts talking about ghost records and all that. And I go, what? So what it allows me to do is be an expert at what I do and then let them be experts at what they do. They're great communicators to bring it all together to end up with usable tools to improve our business. Absolutely. Um, and they've helped you do several different kinds of reports. What are some of the key reports that um, Ski World has helped you get together? Um, and I have so, a screen if you want me to share that. No, that's okay, unless the, the group wants to see it as well. We, we really, one of our first targets in our reporting is we wanted to, obviously I've already touched on a data accuracy, but we were struggling with our cycle times and, and coming out of COVID and labor supply chain issues and and everything everybody on the call has been, been dealing with, that was one of our primary parts. We needed to shorten our cycle times, which was really easy to say and, um, and, and want, but so we drove Skew World to help us get data to help us identify holes in our processes to reduce our cycle times. Um, and we've made great progress. So we started with the constant report, um, which then shifted immediately into a soft cycle report. Our definition of soft cycle goes from point of sale to when we dig the footings for the home. And then shortly after that, we jumped into our construction uh, cycle report as well. So we've got a master constat report. So when I referenced earlier, um, our salesperson wanted to know who their draft person was. They go to constat for that, for that bit of information. And then we've got another report that's solely focused on the soft cycle and soft cycle activities. Um, and we have built that into our master schedule template. So our soft cycle and our construction cycle are all one schedule template and they flow right from one into the other. So when I move, have a delay due to permits, it pushes my closing day out. If I save five days in permits, it pulls my closing date in. So that helps me look at the future, which impacts my cash flow and, and, and all the things that go along the wonderful thing called closings um, and helps us manage it from point of sale all the way through the physical closing. We have assigned each department kind of like a contractor base. So they're responsible like a superintendent is for keeping their schedules up to date through the whole process. That's what we started. 
I can tell you already from January 1 to our scorecard that we produced last week, our soft cycle just in this calendar year, we've already reduced by 45 days in that short amount of time. On our construction schedule, we re reduced by 24 days from just in this calendar year. And it's that visibility and uh, transparency that it, it allows us to concentrate on the topics we need to concentrate on. We've all got a million things going on. So if it's good, it's good. And just let it be good. Right. When it goes bad, we've got a little burnt orange color that's built into our report. Says, if this is burnt orange, it needs your attention. Um, and, and that simple, it sounds so simple, right? But that simple little tool is one of the driving forces into the improvements that we've been able to make in a very, very short amount of time. And that's one of the things that I know Emma and Chuck have been very, like, there's a couple of things that you said in there that follow straight in line with the preachings of Chuck and Emma. First and foremost, your cycle time. Having that under control, that's money. Like every single day that you're not selling a house costs you money. And so just being able to manage your cycle time and be able to understand why your cycle time is out of whack is huge. The other thing is keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. I love the idea that you have just a burnt orange cell that comes up that says, hey, hello, you need to pay attention to me. That's management by exception. That's basically one of the very basic concepts they teach at the Managing for Profit seminar that's telling you, hey, we don't need to necessarily, we want to know what's going on everywhere, but we don't need to have our attention in places that are where things are going well. We need to drive our attention to the things that are falling out of normal. And so this is a huge thing because you have so many things that you're doing when you're building a home and being able to pinpoint the one area that is having issues saves you time and money and and you're able to really force your efforts where they need to be where they need to be mm -hmm. that's really huge yeah no, I'll, I'll just add to that the, the keyword is actionable because mm -hmm. you, you need to make reports and, and analytics actionable otherwise I and mean, yeah i can give you you know five million records to go through and, and, and if you can't necessarily sort through that or understand that it's not really going to make it actionable even though it's a ton of data like it doesn't matter right right and so by, by making it you know, simplicity, even though simplicity, simplicity is very hard to get to a lot of times, right? But once, if you can get to that point where you're using simple ways to make business decisions based on your data and based on, on your, your business, and that, that's, that drives, you know, I say increased revenue, decreased cost, increased customer satisfaction with our organization. Those are the three focus areas. And then it equals increased profitability. So <laughs> there we go. We got all the elements that we need to have, especially when we're talking about, um, uh, reporting and business decisions. Um, you did mention there are a couple other, there's a couple other reports that we talked about. You have your gross margin status report, which I know Chuck and Emma love the gross margin report because they say your gross, your gross profit is your first line of defense. Uh, if you've ever taken a class with Emma Shin, that's the first thing she'll tell you is that <laughs> if you have a good gross profit, you will very likely have a good net profit. So mm -hmm. Having that report is essential. Can you tell me a little bit about how that report works for you and um, some of the things that you you look for in that report? Sure. And that was one of our Gen 2 reports. We started with cycle time first, mm -hmm. then we jumped into gross margin. Um, talk about a place where we needed data cleanup. Because <laughs> what we found is we started generating, as here's my quote, the report is right, the data that feeds it is wrong. 
And going through what Brian and his team built for us, it really made us look at our data. How do we generate POs? How do we generate budgets? When we pay a building permit, is, is my accounting team coding it to the same code that my estimating team coded that permit to? So you did have double permit account. Sounds, sounds silly, right? But it's very real. Um, so it helped us work together interdepartmentally to know it, to make this report right, we all need to be playing from the same songbook. Um, so again, what's the first thing it did? It brought multiple farmers together to get the same, the right end result by running the gross margin report. Um, before we used, we used to have to run a bunch of different reports and then we manually manipulate it and, and have to give the sniff test. Now that that logic and backbone between a simple gross margin percent, how easy could it be, right? A plus B minus C, divide that by that, and there's your gross margin. It's not that easy. Uh, <laughs> Um, so now what we have, it, it, we have a spec and we've, we've got somebody hot in the spec. We can, we have parameters for certain individuals and companies to immediately make a call to move, don't move, sell the spec, don't spill the spec, take the offer, don't. So before it would be, you know, texting on a Sunday and trying to follow up because we don't want to move. People have barometers now to that they know if it falls within this, this range, just make the deal. Just make it happen. By running that gross margin report, that is obviously one of the key indicators we want to use in making those decisions. We've empowered our people to make those decisions based on what that report, report says. I'm going to say it again because I said it earlier. It's the gift of time that we're giving back to our people to do what they need to be doing instead of chasing information. Our gross, our gross profit margins have increased, not just because of the report. We've done other things, right? We've cost saved and hit market values and all, all the good things that drive it as well. But the best thing about it is we've given the team the gift of time back to do what they're really supposed to be doing. Right. Well, and what you track is what you make what you make an impact on, right? So now that you mm -hmm. have an, an, a report that has better data in it, you're able to make better decisions based on that and and you're not having to chase as much and you're focused on it so yep. that helps you it helps you focus on how do we improve our gross margin which as we know as builders i mean 50 percent at least 50 percent that's our that's the shin target now, i i've learned recently that not all all builders follow that target <laughs> which i think is crazy <laughs> follow the 50 percent target um but 50 percent of building your house is in your direct construction costs so mm -hmm. if you aren't controlling that and you're not using a gross margin report to know that your gross margin isn't at 30%, you know you're in trouble. And you can't, and especially when the market starts to shift, that's something that you need to be very aware of. Yep. Um, another one that we came out was called the mortgage lender status report. Sounds pretty fancy, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we do construction perm loans. We do one-time and two-time construction perm loans. We do builder finance. We do cash deals. We do all different kinds of loan programs. Um, and what we found was our poor team of two, by the way, and our closing department uh, had this Excel report over here and this Excel report over here and the title company got this and the mortgage companies got that. And we found out we were typing Mr. and Mrs. Jones, the buyer's name, in four, five, six different reports, Excel reports. So we, we challenged Brian and his team. It's like, here's what our deliverable needs to be so it works for all of our outside entities. 
We want it driven out of our ERP system. How do we pull all of this together, make it simple, make it clean and make it easy? Um, luckily, we had done a lot of work on our tables and knew where we were at from our previous efforts. And, and I don't know, Brian, I'm going to say that one was kind of a lay down. A pretty easy report to write. Is that fair? Relatively simple, yeah. Relatively. See, they're talking two different languages. There you go. Yeah, I'm I just want to hit enter and I want the information. It's a pretty easy report. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just take this, you know, and I'm in the I'm in a chair that doesn't swivel. But I can't actually emphasize this, but you know, we call it try to get rid of swivel chair data entry. So enter in this system. Yeah. Enter in this system. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't I can't swivel. I'll probably hurt. I don't know. Maybe be careful here, rather. Um, so, but but getting rid of that duplicate data entry, or to, to your point, Donna, but oh, you know, spending so much time, you know, getting data organized or putting Excel spreadsheets and like getting like like we were with Ken, uh, your he, he's great. He's really smart. He's really good. Giving him time though to be able to focus on using you know all the information and knowledge that he has to solve better problems for the business as opposed to Will chair data entry. That's a great thing. So it's one source of truth, then not seven. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And by the way, so it also to, to that point it leads to all kinds of problems, right? Every every time we go into the manual process, if, if I if I know that it, it's entered something that are even manually or multiple times manually, I know that I can probably build a, a report application to go find tons of errors. It's you know, and, and that's not just the uh, old auditor and mm -hmm. me either. Yeah. Well, we, I was just looking at a report from another builder and they sent us this sheet with all these costs. You could tell that they entered it each time because one was one, two, um, six, four. So twelve sixty four, And the other one was 1864. And you're like, yeah. oh, what they did was they just messed up and they did the eight instead of the two. Right. Exactly. Or, or you know, even you're going into an application, oh, like, it, you know, Excel, it's zero, one, five, seven. Well, you have the wrong field in Excel that might put, you know, it might get rid of the zeros and that's not the right number. And right. like, so like this manage, it, it seems so simple, but, and, and those are simple pieces, but when you add them together, it's a lot of time and money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the last kind of big report that we've um, accomplished is called our PO activity report. And this is a great example of a report where we had this little need. We, we, we thought we needed to know X. And as we started auditing uh, from the accounting team, from the field team, um, talking to our contractor base, this little report ballooned into a very usable big tool. And, and, and one thing to caution everybody on, we had this little need that ballooned into this giant report, right? I don't want that to be perceived as a bad thing as I'm saying it, because what, what Brian and his team helped us with, as this little report grew into a monster report, Brian helped us with how to get the data and be able to filter it quickly to simple little report information needs. So it grew from, we just wanted to know all the activities that the superintendent had marked complete in the schedule, but hadn't paid for it yet. Because we're getting feedback from contractors, you're not paying me on time. That was our that was our rock to figure out. Um, well, 
why just POs? Let's look at VPOs. Let's look at work orders. Let's look at duplicate VPOs. Let's look at when they were paid. Let's add a check number to it. All of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. And now there's this flood of information. And when you think about every PO, you PO, VPO, work order you've ever issued, that is a mountain of a report. So they helped us with building different data points in that report that says, I just want to know every VPO written in the last 30 days to this contractor for over $500 that has the same description. And I can click quickly my what I've thought in my head through that filter process, and it just gives me what I need to know. That little tool I look at at least twice a week. We are starting, it'll be, this will be the first month. Every month, we're going to do a month-end audit on every VPO review, every PO review, what's been paid, what hasn't been paid. There are good reasons why contractors haven't been paid on committed work. That tells us internally that I've got contractor A that's getting getting 85% done, 90% done. Now I can concentrate on contractor X is constantly hitting that mold. It's time for us to have a conversation to work with and make contractor X a better contractor. And how do we get him to the finish line every single time he shows up to our one of our job sites? To be that desired builder from a contractor base, we help our jobs be more complete. So when they show up, they can do their job 100% and go on to the next job. So like I said, there's a little need turned into this beautiful display of information that isn't just paying contractors on time, it's helping our contractor base and us looking in a mirror saying, were we a reason that they couldn't complete that last 15%? Let's fix it. Because when the going gets tough again, who do I wanna be? I wanna be that builder that the contractors say, I can go here or I can go here. I always wanna be that guy that they pick. And it's given us that power to start to not just build relationships, but solidify those relationships and build true partnerships with our contractor base. And it comes from reporting. You know, I, I would love to add, add one key. And, and Don, you say this so well, but what's interesting is, you know, and I work, like I said, across many, many industries. And Sometimes I get on the phone and, and, and you know, and I love working with our clients. You know, I have a passion for data and data management. And one of the things I find interesting is somebody says, oh, well, we have 30 reports that I need you to build. I'm like, okay, um, do we really want to go down that path or do we want to actually say, because here's the key thing. I would rather have, and, and just like you said, that PO report is probably about seven reports on, for, for, for most people building out reports, but it's consolidated to one report with filters, with ability, with, with, with ability to, to slice and dice different pieces of information. So all of a sudden, if we have, you know, 15, 25 people, a thousand people, you know, it, it, whatever company size you have, go, going into that organization and, and you're going into that report, right? Rather, so you're going to that report and you're going to use that report. If we have one, one report that answers seven reports questions, that's better data management than seven separate reports, even if they're all, even if they're all great reports and in, 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 in the right data. It's it consolidations consolidation, and we actually want we want to maximize the efficiency of our reports as well from a data management perspective to make even more efficiency across the organization. Yeah, because you can ask several questions of that report, and it's, exactly. it's using the same data. So if you're looking at 
I need to figure out how to get my BPOs under control. Why do I have so many BPOs? You can, you can do the same thing. You can ask what, what in this community, what are my BPOs? And you can do a filter and look at all your BPOs, right? Exactly. And then you exactly. can start to get rid of BPOs if all of a sudden you notice your BPOs are out of control or whatever, whatever the, the problem is. You can use that one report with different questions and it's all coming from the same data. Exactly. And that's why I said, how, how long does it take you to build one report? I'm like, well, <laughs> it depends. Is this one report, seven reports? <laughs> Is this one report really just one little simple report? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you also have a couple new reports that you're working on. You want to share what some of the other reports are that you're working on and, and what you see as the benefit of those reports? Sure. Um, we have dove head into traction and EOS. Um, and we have our scorecard design and we're starting to filter those down to all levels within the company. Um, wonderful tool, believe in it. Um, but we also don't want to get paralysis by analysis and also spend so much time filling in our scorecards with data that's in the system. Um, so we've challenged Brian and his team, here are our scorecards, here's the triggers in the system that says populate this data. Um, and we want our ERP system data to auto-populate on a weekly basis all of our scorecard information at all levels of the company. Uh, again, do I need my leadership team sitting behind a computer all day filling out an Excel scorecard document? No. What I need them doing is analyzing that data. What is it telling them and giving us issues and to-dos and action steps along the way because of what that report is doing it. So instead of populating the report, we want to use the report to get better. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, we, like I said, we do one and two time construction draws on some of our product line. Um, good old fashioned Excel document and per buyer, we use three different rows. So it's not sortable and all that good stuff. And for the longest time it works. So, what do you need for draws? What's the status of the house? What's the loan amount? Who's the lender? And we just want the function of that report to exist. We just want the information so we can manage the information instead of spending 90% of our time building the report and 10% using it. Um, we're changing our paradigm in a lot of areas and that's a good report for that. Um, now that we have the gross margin report um, up and running, our next step of that is to start developing a, I'm, we're calling it a margin erosion report, which makes my skin crawl. I don't want to look at it that way, right? I want to see a margin improvement report as we build the house, but we've called it a erosion report, semantics, whatever, but it's going to let us take snapshots of that home at different milestones within the process to say, we started out at a 30% gross margin. We dug the foundation and we're at a 30% gross margin. Oh crap, I just hit mechanical stage and that thing dipped down to a 28%. What happened? How do we fix that? How do we remedy that? And we'll be able to see our margin at different snapshots throughout the process to see if we're getting better, if we're getting worse. Um, again, that is going to be much like our burnt orange. We'll set some parameters for it. It's like, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. That's not, I don't live in a world of good. If it's good, let it go. Right. If it does hit a certain parameter, ultimately we're going to end up with dashboards. We're building the reports first 
So we have to analyze reports. Margin report is good. When a margin drops below X percent or X percentage of the overall gross margin, when I walk in my office in the morning, I turn in my computer, I want to know that house immediately, day by day by day by day. Um, but we're starting with this milestone report to see that. That'll be, I can't wait to get my hands on that one. That'll be a fun report for me and tough for others. How's that? <laughs> um, but it's one thing to start, you know, you started a 30% gross margin, life goes on, life goes on, and then you're sitting with your finance team at a month end review, and this thing comes back at 12%. The damage is done. I, I can't fix it at that point in time. What I can fix is along the way, and that'll give us that visibility into that. Um, uh, we'll work with Brian on his team with a lot of demographic inf information, um, buyer profiles, who is our target market? Um, like I said earlier, we do first-time buyers. We do our, our ASP on our on your lot project is 472000 And then we have this whole custom thing that we do over here as well. Uh, different demos, different buyer profiles. Uh, the, the, the joke I made as we were getting into it, for all I know, all of our OL buyers all have a chocolate lab. Every last one of them do. I don't know that. So if I knew that, through the demo profile that they're putting together for us, I'm going to hit every Petco, Petland, everybody. And the second anybody buys a chocolate lab, guess who they're going to hear from? Me. So they're helping. They're helping us really define by product type. What's our buyer profile? What do we need to pay attention to? How do we market to them better? Um, and, and beyond that, with some of the skill world efforts too. That buyer profile also typically spends $80,000 in our design center. And here's what they typically buy in our design center. So as our marketing effort in that too, we can really help help drive them in their decision-making process so that we can, we can give them feeders before they come to our design center to already kind of have an idea of what our prices are, what they're going to see, what they're going to look like to do what? Give the gift of time to our team in the design center. So instead of them coming in blind and spending three to six hours in there, they're going to come in with a pretty good idea of this is what I like. This is what I know. And we truly have an expectation, expectation of cutting our design center time by two thirds with our customer visits. Brian and his team are going to help us uh, with that as well. And then through the SKU side of it as well, rebates are great, right? We all love rebates. But when the day's done, they're a pain in the butt. It's fill out this report and, and you know how many houses did we do? What did they buy in it? And there's a lot of manual labor that goes into getting those rebates back. We're leaning heavily on SKU World, Brian and Nisty to go to, to use SKUs to help us build our rebate requests so we know as we're going what to do. The other thing I, I have an expectation for is I could buy a $500 uninsulated steel garage door and I get 10 or 20 bucks back on that. I also buy $8,000 garage doors. So when I'm negotiating with my contractors, I don't want $10 on an $8,000 garage door. When I buy that $8,000 garage, I want something pro rata in value in my rebate when I do that upgrade door as well. The visibility and, and, and stuff that will auto-populate for us 
will give me that negotiating power on the rebate side when I'm meeting with my contractor base to negotiate at different a different level than I've ever been able to do before. So what we're doing, um, we're, I buried it under rebates in the reporting. It, it, it also is gonna give us um, negotiating power and it's also gonna give the gift of time to our customers and our, our buyers as well at their time in the design center. The other thing it's gonna give my, my, my field team is we bought this double oven that's in a built-in. For some reason, the manufacturer decided to make every double oven a different size cutout, which means I'm always going to cut it out wrong. It's just Murphy's Law. I'd like to find Murphy someday and he and I are gonna have a conversation, by the way. But, but with that being said, now at my superintendent and my contract's fingertips, they could go to that cut sheet with the tie to the skew and they'll know the cutout on a job by job basis. And I won't be buying trim kits and I won't be buying fillers and I, I won't be doing all that. I won't be moving the power connection from two inches off the base because it's got to be eight inches off the base because the pigtail won't fit. I, I, again, this is obviously a big topic for me. What did I just, what did Skew World and that team do for my team in the field? I gave them the gift of time because now that contractor doesn't have to come back because that pigtail is six inches too low. The contractor at installation will know exactly where it goes because of the cut sheet that's tied to that skew. The, the, the power there is, is limitless in my mind right now. We just got to get there. Oh, excellent. I love that. That's amazing. And I know that you're working with builder partnerships too, to work with getting the SKUs so that the manufacturers that we work with help that rebate process easier as well. That's great. Those are great reports. Um, I feel like you might have answered some of this, but what are the two to three key business performance wins since you started this process with SKU World? You've talked about a lot of them. What Can you talk about just the main two to three? Uh, cycle time reduction, first and foremost. That is, that is, and we're not there. We're, we're, we're not calling it a win yet. We're just, I'm a football coach kind of on the side. You know, we've gotten the ball to the 50 yard line. We've got that much more to go in our cycle time, but, but we're getting there. Um, and, and really just that centralized place of communication that all of our team members can go to to get their data correctly, immediately, and whenever they need it. Um, that, that, that visibility into what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to do is a huge win for the organization. Excellent. I think we have one last question. <laughs> oh, and you kind of talked about this. What's next with SKU World? Customer analytics, design center management, customer portal. Those are some things you talked about and you've mentioned. Or, or tell me a little bit about that. Um, so we, we just had Brian in town and we spent some quality time and had a good steak dinner as well, I might add. Um, but with that, we, we, we kind of mapped out um, all of the different softwares and our information and where our website comes from and, and, and all that good stuff. The big hole in that was um, the customer portal. So that'll be big for us in the future. Um, so that's where we're going. Our ultimate, when we get, when, when I punch the ball into the end zone and we, we finally score on this, 
all of our team members will have a um, um, portal that they can go look to. Today, we have to go into the reports to find the information. When we really make it easier for everybody, their dashboards will tell them what they need to know when we work on. That is my end zone, and that's what we're, we're, we're marching the ball down the field towards to, to try to get to. Um, that'll be a good day. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Five minutes and you get to make all the decisions, all the stuff you need to make your decisions for the day. <laughs> and I'll stop getting a thousand emails a day. That'll be a good thing too. <laughs> uh, so um, Brian, how does uh, Davis Homes engage with Ski World? How do they communicate with you? So we, we have weekly meetings and we work with Ken and team and, and you know, Ken will bring in different folks depending on, you know, what, what the topic is and, and what the area that we're focused on uh, that week. Uh, you know, we, we have obviously, you know, we keep track of which reports we're working on, the design, the, the design aspects of that, understanding the business need and working through those different pieces. So that's kind of the, the, the weekly cadence, which I think is, you know, it's, it's really good. It's working really well on that side of that. Um, also, from operational efficiency standpoint, you know, so they're Office 365, so they're Microsoft, um, you know, which we do engage with them on that side. So we actually set up a whole SharePoint site. We have SharePoint folders where all of the reports live. We have permissions. We have security around the SharePoint side, all tied into Office 365, which is also tied into, so from Excel reporting to Power BI reporting, some of the different heat maps, it's, it's all tied in that way. So they have that full Microsoft stack and they're kind of using that, which makes just a great, great efficiency. I and mean, there are a lot of other ways. If you're not on Office 365, you know, there's plenty of other ways to, to manage that. But that's uh, that's what we're doing with Davis. And, you know, we, we know that extensively kind of across, uh, you know, many, many different different groups. So and then on top of that, then obviously the milestones and the goals that, that we want to achieve and you know, making sure that our, our, our weekly cadence and, and, and our design is, is tracking towards those goals and, uh, you know, working within within the team and, you know, obviously meeting um, like last week when we were out there like doing some of those bigger design sessions to, to really identify you know you know our, our current state future state uh, gaps and where we need to go excellent it sounds like you guys have a really great partnership um so if somebody is interested in doing some of the things i mean how would you get started working with ski world and and getting on a path to because you and don have been working for at least over a year, right? Because that yeah. that was a executive summit 2022 yep. um, that you were at, it, and um, so that's it's been a little bit over a year since you guys started working. You guys got gotten a lot done. If anybody has played with data and tried to clean it up, you know it takes a lot of time to do that. Mm -hmm. So getting experts in there to get that data all fixed up for you to make it usable um, is huge. But how would you get started? Yeah, you know, easiest way, and you know we're going to build a partnership to send. And then uh, email, we'll get, uh, we'll engage with you, start working, discuss kind of, you know, your goals, your options, what, you know, what systems you have involved and uh, design that out and, and build out a plan. It's really the simplest Is way. Is there anything that people should consider to have in place or have ready before they engage with you or? No, but I, I would like to emphasize that, you know, we can work in a lot of different ways, right? So if, if you're like, well, you know, we don't have, we don't have time for once a week meetings. Uh, for example, up front, like that's totally fine as well. So like, just keep in mind that, okay, understanding which systems you have, that's a good thing, but you can always start small. I, I will emphasize that too. You can start with just your ERP or maybe you want ERP CRM or, you know, different different kind of levels of, of engagement. You don't have to start 
you know, so, so, so big and, you know, oh, I need to get every single piece of information together before we, we do that. We're, you know, we're very agile in our, in our um, work effort and in the way that we view things. So, you know, you can always start with one system, one, one problem, solve a problem. Uh, but as, as we do solve those problems, I would emphasize this. We do want to build the proper infrastructure and deploy the proper infrastructure because without that, it's, it's not that path to grow, right? We can, yeah, I can, we can band-aid a small problem and solve it for you. Oh, this one little integration here or this one report, that, that's not, if you want to engage properly, like let's make sure we have the right infrastructure to grow, even if we're starting out small. Excellent. Excellent. Well, um, I don't have any other questions. Do you have anything else you'd like to share? No, just, just to, you know, I think Don, you know, thank you again. And Emma, like just, you know, I would just like to emphasize, you know, data management, it is, it's a process. And, and by the way, it's, it's not a destination. It's an ongoing process. <laughs> so I don't think it's not like, oh, we're going to get there. You know, just like Don said, we're, I think we're a little bit past the 50 yard line, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> so cool for cycle time. I get that one. Did you always <laughs> improving site because he only talked about cycle time so we'll just mm -hmm. everything else he said is he said everything's great but with his goal for cycle time i'm sure he everybody wants to make it better because the more time you have a house on the ground not sold is not a good thing so <laughs> um but yes so yeah but I, I would just you know you know thanks again I, I think you know start small figure out a way to engage um you know, on the on the Scoo World app side, which we're, we're really diving into now, or the customer analytics pieces, you know, there's using data management to drive your business and in areas that you may or may not have thought of, you know, we can help you think through that. And I think that's just another kind of key uh, emphasis I'd like, I'd like to point out. Yeah. And we work closely with um, you guys too, and giving you some reports that we feel are really important that sometimes you yeah. think you can get out of your ERP, but you can't necessarily get out of your ERP. So we've had a close relationship too, to help share some of the reports that Emma in particular finds extremely important to um, running your business and making good business decisions. So we've really enjoyed that relationship. Um, I don't see any questions, but if anybody has any questions, um, I'll give you a couple minutes here to wrap up um, and ask, ask your questions. But Don, I wanna thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. What an incredible journey going from not having any idea what your data is to having these incredible reports and saving your team time, saving money, um, driving down cycle time, and ultimately improving profitability in your organization. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me. It's, a, it's always a pleasure. Um, say hi to mom and dad for me. <laughs> will do. <laughs> They'll be seeing you next week at your builder group meeting. Uh, we will. Yeah. I like uh, to call it um, a support group for builders. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. Group counseling, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> group counseling. <laughs> yes. Hey, to, to throw in Brian and his team, thank you for everything you've done for our company. Um, you are a true partner in your efforts. Um, and it, it does not go unseen and or unnoticed. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, Real, really appreciate that. And thank you so much for being here with me today. I mean, I never get to do a webinar with somebody in the office with me. So this is a real treat to have somebody local to do a webinar with me. So thank you so much for driving over. It was a pleasure sitting here with you today and with you, Don. And with that, um, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Join us next week for our next webinar Wednesday. I look forward to seeing you all next week. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, everybody. Thank Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.